This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Across the continent. So let's get into this conversation. The African peer review mechanism turns 20. Good governance remains an unevenly met goal. Um, and we're hoping that we'll get some positiveness out of this one. Uh, just, you know, moving away from the conversation that we had just a short while ago. 0861 is the number that you can continue to speak to us on. You can also send us an X at PowerFM987 at Sechomoachi underscore and I will read them after news headlines. Joining us on the line is Professor Eddie Maloka, who is the CEO um, of the African Peer Review Mechanism. Good morning, Prof. Thank you so much for uh, your good time. Good morning. Good morning, my sister. The pleasure. So speak to us about, you know, the idea of establishing the AR, um, APRM in the early 2000s. Yes, no, the APRM was established around 2003. In fact, in 2003, by African leaders out of the recognition of the fact that, of course, Africa has governance challenges and that it is them who are the, in the or you could say, in the post phase on this matter, and they, they, they took responsibility and they said, we have to take responsibility to improve governance ourselves because we are the prime subject involved here. And they created a PRM to enable them or to provide them with a forum where they'll be able to give each other peer feedback, to review each other. So, the APRM, the way it works is that we send teams, and uh, these teams, they conduct reviews, they prepare reports, and then these reports are only responded to by the leader concerned. So the leader, this is the report, these are the, this are the recommendations, and the leader then uh, engages the report, and then there's also launch afterwards in the country, there's conversation within the country about the findings and so on. So it's quite an intense and an involved process, but it's the leaders themselves who initiated this. That's why it's called a peer review. Mm-hmm. And Africa is the only continent that has this kind of a mechanism. No, nowhere else in the world uh, is there such a mechanism. Mm. Now, today the APRM has 43 member states, right? With Comoros having yes, exceeded yeah. in February um, of 2023. So it has the lofty goal of universal accession um, by the end of the year. Um, of those is 43.60%, 26 states, right, have now undergone a first review. Share with us the importance of Comoros also coming on board. Look, Comoros, they've had their own challenges. You know, they also had instances of uh, of unconstitutional change of government in the past, and they are really trying to to, to communicate, of course, to, to, to the continent that they are on a path towards, uh, you could say, sustainability and also building institutions, strengthening governance in the country. So for us, it was an important thing. And of course, Comoros, they've been chairing the African Union this year, and they've done quite quite well as the leader of the African Union. So the issue of accession to the APRM is a very strong statement by the country, because you are saying, I want to be subjected to this mechanism. And I can tell you uh, that the APRM process is quite a difficult process, uh, mm-hmm. because you, we look at your best practices and you say these are the things that you are doing that are okay, uh, but these are the challenges also. And, 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 this, and the challenge is because our work is done scientifically and technically and it's also politically we make sure that we are protected you know, in the process, political interference and all of that. Those are the principles that 
we make sure that in the APRM process are respected. So that's why then when we were talking about accession to the APRM, there was this view that no, let all members of the African Union automatically become members of the APRM. And then we said no, they must still accede because by acceding to the APRM, you're giving like the you giving the APRM the mechanism access to your country. And you are taking additional responsibilities. That's why when you are in a country and, and you find that, for example, it has happened in the past, um, the, the panel, the, 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 the review team, they can't get access to certain constituencies, certain stakeholders. You can go to the head of state and say, but in terms of the process, we are required to talk to the stakeholders, we are required to have access to this, and so on. And our report by independent, we engage with the country, and the country gives us feedback. So it's because of the way that countries succeed that they take that additional responsibility, and they consciously accept that, look, we are subjecting ourselves to these additional obligations. And uh, so it's quite, a, it's quite an involving exercise. It's not mm-hmm. something we should take lightly out. And so, Prof, what do you think are some of the notable changes that still need to be made? Look, we have to work on the implementation. And for me, this is something the last two years we've been trying. One is that we started what we called uh, the dipping in the review. So to make the reviews and the peer review discussions themselves at the level of the leaders more rigorous, more frank, more direct. So there are certain innovations that we've introduced on how the leaders uh, conduct uh, because at the beginning when it started, the leaders were more direct, and over time it became very more formal with prepared statements. But now we're trying to get them also now to a point where they bring in some of the original elements to it of being direct uh, to each other, because that's what uh, really what needs to But then the other issue is once we have this record, and our recommendations are quite good, implement them. So the mechanism that we have been using for implementation is to get countries to uh, encourage countries to integrate the recommendations into their plans, existing plans, the budgets, and so on, and so on. And and some countries are doing it, like Namibia. We did some work for them on the youth, and then youth unemployment. They then converted our recommendations into a national youth strategy. So they do that. Then they integrate the budget for it. They put it in government plans, and so on. But it's still inadequate. So that method, because it works when it works, and if it doesn't work, it's also a challenge. So we are now in the process now of saying that the next phase of the APRM, we should really be much more, uh, you could say, assertive in how we work with countries in implementing the recommendations. And they must be tangible results. We do see many tangible results, but we want to see more. So we want to put more emphasis now on building the capacity of national APRM structures, the continental office, even countries themselves, to implement this recommended. Because once you implement them, you see the results. You see the results, you see the improvement, and it's quite good for the country. So our focus now moving forward is on implementation, implementation, and implementation. And we do hope that you know those recommendations are implemented indeed, Prof. Thank you so much for your time okay, this morning. Okay, good morning, good morning. Thank you very much. Professor Eddie Maloka speaking to us there. He's the CEO of the African Peer Review Mechanism. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.